This is Gabriel Carrillo from the EdTech Bytes podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you are listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Kindergarten Chaos. And welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And today we're going to... I love your waving. Nice. <laughs> She's waving, everybody. Wave back. <laughs> today we're going to talk about a topic that was recommended to us by Sean from Wisconsin. Hi, Sean. Thanks for writing us. We love when uh, listeners write us and give us feedback and suggestions Write us, we like it. Sean wants us to talk about star of the week or student of the day or whatever whatever we do. <laughs> yeah. Building right. a classroom community. Well, school is just starting and it is the time to build that classroom community because building a community is probably one of the most important things you do next to teaching them how to go, where to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) I remember my very first year of teaching, I had a little girl who did not know a word of English and she was just standing yelling, blah, 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 because I don't know what she was even saying until all of a sudden I saw the pee run down her legs. And I thought, oh, poor girl, I didn't show you where the bathroom was. Failure of my first year of teaching. And then did you go learn the word baño after that? I learned the word baño, and the, from that year on, the first thing I do, hi, kids, I'm your teacher, and that's the bathroom. <laughs> How do you say that's the bathroom in Spanish? Uh, baño. El, el baño. I don't baño. know. I can't, con- I've been trying to learn Spanish, and I, I can't, I can't conjugate the verbs, so. I would have to just point and say, baño. <laughs> That's, <my laughs> That's all I say, baño. It's sad. <laughs> so I know, vamos a baño. Vamos a baño. <laughs> Go to the bathroom fast. Go quickly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we now apologize to all the people listening that do know Spanish. I know, we've, it's horrible. It's been horrible. So, building a community, and one of my favorite ways to build a community is by doing a friend of the day and followed quickly by star of the week. All right, so should we talk about friend of the day first? You said that you yeah. do that first? All right. I do do that first. And I, I love to start the year with an alphabet anchor. And I know a lot of people are calling it alphabet boot camp, alphabet start. I don't know what are Alphabet some the- catchy name. Alphabet catchy name. But alphabet I catchy just, name for first weeks of school. Yeah, I've just always called it my alphabet anchor because the anchor you need to drop an anchor into an ocean before your ship will stop and kids can start learning. And so I just call it the alphabet anchor. And so when I do the alphabet, 
I began, I do it from A to Z because um, the gurus of the educational panel, that is what they found in their studies was that laying a foundational anchor for the alphabet from A to Z is the... You're talking about the the first introduction, right? Because later later on, it's about letter frequency more than alphabetical order, isn't it? So laying a foundation at the beginning of the uh, school year from A to Z is crucial to the founda- building a foundation for the letter studies that will co- follow when you take the letters and do the more in-depth study and teach them in the order of, of um, common use co- and frequency. Com- commonality. Commonality. Com- is that commonality? <laughs> commonality. That sounds I think wrong. It's I think it's frequency. (laughs) Frequency. Yeah. That's a better word. So uh, beginning with the letter A, I do all the things with A, and we've we've got an alphabet podcast where I talk about the things that um, Lindsay and I do at the beginning of the year with each letter to introduce it. And that is when I begin the friend of the day. So on the letter A, if I have... a student named Angie, then we will meet Angie on that day and I will build my classroom dictionary at the same time. So in a pocket chart, I'll have the letter A already and I'll, well, I'll put it in when we're learning the letter A and I'll say, oh, we have some kids that start with A, let's, let's meet them. It's Angie, Andrew, and Agnes. And so I'll have Angie, Andrew, and Agnes stand up and we'll wave at them and I'll say, and I'll put their names in the pocket chart under the letter A, Angie, Andrew, Agnes. Well, today we're going to meet Angie. Angie, why don't you come on up and let's meet you. This is Angie. Everybody say hi, Angie. Hi, Angie. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll just say, Angie is in our classroom. She's a member of our class. Let's find out what her favorite color is, and she'll tell me purple. And so I will um, then on a paper that's nearby, you know, one of those big notebooks. I like to use those a lot, and I'll write Angie's name while I spell it A N G I E, Angie. And then I'll draw a stick figure picture of Angie, and I do it on a half notebook. Those, you know, those big notebooks, but you can mm-hmm. buy the half notebooks. Mm-hmm. Because that's all I'm doing is her name and that. Mm. And then I said, well, let's put Angie in our friend book. And I'll introduce him to the friend book because she's the first kid. And it's a book that just says my friend book. And on the first page, it will have um, my friend and then a blank where they can write the name Angie and then draw her picture. And then it will say her she likes, I think, her favorite color is, and then a box, because I'm not expecting him to ride the blue or anything like that. All I want him to do is color the square or the circle blue. Mm-hmm. So I'll walk them through Angie, because she's our first one. My friend is, all right, let's all write Angie together. A-N-G-I-E. And draw a picture of Angie, and then I'll give him a few minutes. You know how at the beginning of the year all of this stuff goes so quickly and then by about the 14th child then then they're starting to get it. 
And then her favorite I, you, color. You said blue. everything goes quickly or everything goes super Every, slow. <laughs> everything goes quickly because they're not performing or producing. <laughs> so, you know, their picture is like I was a gonna say everything takes forever at the beginning of the year. Well, everything takes forever unless you want some quality work and you and then it and then it goes then, quickly. Then, <laughs> because you're not getting quality work. <laughs> Okay. And so um, now she's been added to the classroom dictionary, and we've recorded her. We've met her, and there's two more A students, but I'm going to save those kids for letter alphabet letters when we don't have anyone that. Um, like like in a begins, day that you don't have a yeah, kid begins begins with with that letter. So I keep ma- thinking about the contrast between things going quickly and things taking forever. I'm sorry, I'm totally sidetracking us. <laughs> but I'm thinking like like writing workshop goes quickly because all they can do is write one letter. But lining up to go to the playground <laughs> exactly. takes 40 minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. All the procedures take The procedures forever. take 3 times as long as they do at the end of the year. Yeah. And the actual academic stuff takes 3 times shorter than <laughs> well you know luckily it's a great reversal that goes on isn't it it's true <laughs> thank goodness because what if we had to line up for 15 minutes all year <laughs> all long, year long. <laughs> get your procedures people I'm sorry i can't get my brain off this now because it's the beginning of the year and i always forget and it's so hard to go back to the beginning uh, of the year i <laughs> know oh, it's hard it's hard okay but i'm gonna move on so let's move on. So then the next day, if I have B kids, when I do my little B routine, then I have Benji in the class. Well, I'm going to add Benji to the pocket chart to build the name dictionary. And this name dictionary stays all year long because my kids use it all year long. They love it to death. And this is um, just, it just has so much meaning to them. And so anytime they want to write a name, they know where to go grab a name and copy it and it's I don't know if we've ever talked about name building we should and so then I'll do that whole routine with Benji and we should talk after... about name building next week let's let's remember that for next time okay that'd be a good transition from this one I think so okay sorry and after I write Benji's name spell it for the kids and draw Benji's picture and I say hey Benji what's your favorite color and he says black and so I'll probably just color his shirt black or some some little quick something. Take the little notebook over. On the paper. On, You'll on color his shirt black. <laughs> color the in picture. Your, in your picture. <laughs> no, You'll I color not, his shirt black. I do not take the time to color his shirt black, literally. <laughs> You're like your five-year-old when she said, what was it I said to her? And she said, well, not literally. I don't remember what you said. <laughs> So anyway, then we'll turn, I will show the students how to turn to the next page because it's the beginning of the year. And if I don't show them just to take Angie's page and flip it over and (laughs) put their hand on the next page, walk around, make sure everybody's got their hand on that page and tell them that's the page you're going to use. Now, the one your hand is sitting on, don't turn the page again. That's the page. Okay, everybody pick up your pencil now and lay your pencil on the page while your hand's on it. And so then we'll do the page for Benji. And um, 
then if I go to C and I don't have anyone that starts with C, then I'll say, hey, no one in our class starts with C, but we can go back and meet um, one of our A kids that we still Agnes. need to meet. We need to meet Agnes. Let's meet Agnes. <laughs> and so that's the friend of the day. And so I just do one um, one a day. Whether I try to match the letter, but of course, you know, it's impossible because especially back about six or seven years ago, everybody named their kids with J. The letter <laughs> J took me like an hour because it was Jackson, Jordan, whatever, Jace, yeah. <laughs> Jared. So that's kind of the friend of the day. And I really like it because it builds community right from the get-go because the kids, you know, sometimes it can be months before the kids start to learn each other's names, mm-hmm. aside from maybe the four that sits at their table mm-hmm. or the friends that they already knew from preschool. And suddenly everyone in the class knows Angie. They've drawn her picture. They've written her name. They've, they know her favorite color. And mm-hmm. so it's just a really good way to build classroom community at the beginning of the year. I think it's good because my own children come home the fir- will come home on the first day of school or even the first week of school or in the first month of school and I'll say, "Did you have a friend at recess?" "Yeah, I played with a boy. He was nice. What was his name?" "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> so after I've done all of my students with the friend of the day activity, then I let them decorate the cover, put their, you know, their little touches on any of the pages that they want to do, and then send that book home. And all of the kids are now bringing home a book of their friends. You have the friend of the day book available, don't you? Because I which, want to go download it now. <laughs> which I just, yeah, you should need to. Which it's one there. is it? It's, it's actually free. Friend of the day. Friend, you just have friend of the day book free on Teachers Pay Teachers? No, it's all. I only have it on on our website. On our website, it's a website exclusive. It's a website exclusive, <laughs> free. I need to go find it now and make some copies. <laughs> you, uh, well, so when you're getting ready to do your friend of the day book, you need to count how many kids are in your class, and I would add maybe three extra pages mm-hmm. to the back of the book because you can always rip them off if you didn't use them and staple them and make the books. So the books are all made. And on the one that's free on our webpage, and we'll put the link on um, by the podcast, I have a full sheet version and I just have a sheet cut in half version. So it's kind of a long strip book. Mm. I really like that one. You like the long one? I like the long, just the half page. Mm. And just for the beginning of the year, it makes kind of a cute little book and takes less paper so that's always a cute book yeah that's always a plus (laughs) so after uh, I've done the alphabet anchor A to Z and our curriculum moves on and if you're teaching wonders you do the letter M and if you're teaching imagine it what was first on that one I think D (laughs) (laughs) then That's when I begin the student of the week. So when I do the student of the week at orientation day, I give all of the parents a 12 by 12 scrapbook paper and instructions on how to put some pictures of their student, their family, 
action pictures and just write like their family names and a couple things that their kids like to do and then return it to school. Usually I have at least probably 75% of those returned within the first week or two. And I just go ahead and um, stack them in the order that I get them. <laughs> and then as the year goes on and, and I'm getting close to when I haven't gotten kids as in, I remind them to bring them and I email the parents. And usually, probably about 20% of the kids, I just make the page for them. I just take <laughs> pictures around the classroom and make the page for them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I even, if I'm friends with their family on Facebook, I go get a family picture off Facebook. <laughs> 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 so I've made some really cute pages for them. <laughs> and so I've, you're a I've Facebook done that. Snoop. I'm a Facebook snoop. <laughs> it's, it's there. <laughs> they put the pictures on. And so I've done it that way where I just put them in the order of how they come or I try to stack them in, in, in the order of their birthdays. But honestly, I just like stacking them how they come mm-hmm. because then that leaves the ones more time who haven't gotten their picture. So, you know, because I'm the ready to go queen (laughs) and I love to have everything just as organized as I can get it because, well, first off, it makes my life easier and I'm always ready to go. (laughs) So on, um, on Monday, that's when I like to do the star of the week. I have the big notebook page this time and I say, well, our star today has this many letters, and I'll write the letters as I count, like one, two, three, four, five. Hmm, our star has five letters. Who can think of what letter maybe our star has? And they'll guess letters, and I'll fill in, um, like hangman, without hanging. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll fill in the letters as they guess them. And at the beginning, you know, this is a little bit slow, and but um, uh, it's really cool because remember you have that name dictionary that you've built, mm-hmm. and kids have already had opportunities to write each other's names. So as soon as you get one letter, kids start really paying attention to that name dictionary <laughs> and use strategies to figure out the secret name. And so it's really fun. I really like that to because it's a good way for them to use um, print awareness. Mm-hmm. So after they guess the, after they've um, said all the letters and guessed the kid, oh, it's, it's David. So I have David come up and hold his poster and talk about the pictures that are on the poster. So he points and tells, this is me, this is my brother, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then after we've gone over his poster, he's still sitting in my chair, and I put my microphone around his neck because I... Because they love him. that. Because they love it. <laughs> <laughs> it just gives them an opportunity to be star of the weekish. <laughs> and then I asked my students to ask David a question. And I found that you really don't need to explain the difference of questions and answers and or statements when you propose it that way. Okay, here's David sitting right here, and you want to know, we have to ask David something about him. 
So I really never have kids that say my dress is yellow because they're all looking at David and knowing that he's the star of the week. So we ask questions like um, my insight about kindergartners and questions and stories that I that I discovered this year. Yeah, I think everyone always would like to know the secret of <laughs> the teaching secret. kids questions. <laughs> so you know how we always say as kindergarten teachers that kindergartners don't know the difference between questions and stories? I discovered that that's not true. They are well aware of the difference between questions and stories. They just don't want to tell you that they're about to tell a story because then they know that you will not let them talk anymore. <laughs> so every time you ask... Is this a question or a story? They say it's a question because that's code for, they know the teacher code is if you say story, you can't talk. (laughs) So I made it a point last year of making sure that the kids could tell their stories if they had a story. And they always told me that that they were going to tell a story. They didn't get them confused anymore because I gave them permission to tell their story. And I realized why are we why is why are we devaluing their stories because those are personal connections to what's going what uh, we're talking about and we always we want to teach kids to make connections to self and connections to text and connections to others so why when they raise their hand and they say i have a story do we say well i'm only looking for questions right now so you can't tell me the story about how this reminds you of the time when your grandmother died and you had to travel to another state and go to her funeral and how sad you were. Why why do we devalue that? Anyway, that's I took yeah. that was a long tangent. <laughs> I just went yeah, on a long tangent. It's, it's a great tangent because as kindergarten teachers and early educators, preschool teachers, isn't our objective really uh, oral um, teaching oral our students oral language mm-hmm. development and vocabulary, teaching them how to make connections to print, build background knowledge. And the reason we say we don't can't listen to their story is curriculum-driven. <laughs> that is a curriculum-driven statement, right? Not a, not a student-driven statement. No, it's, and, and should... it's not even a teacher-driven statement. <laughs> it is a curricular-driven statement of, I'm sorry, we only we have only 30 minutes to teach this lesson and because we have to march on to the next curriculum. We have to, I have to get to the next page. <laughs> so I think you have a great point. I think we need to give ourselves permission to uh, listen to our students. Yeah, but they're smart. They know. They figure it out that when teacher says, asks me, is this a question or a story? You always I say can question. See, <laughs> you I can always see say one question. of your children in particular. <laughs> in particular, if I said... And now, is this a question or a statement? And I could see his little twinkle in his eyes, and he'd say, it's a question. (laughs) As he rubs his hands together. (laughs) Well, that one would probably figure out how to turn his statement into a question so that he could both tell the statement and correctly phrase it as a question. That's what that one would do. Probably. Oh, that's hilarious. He would say... Teacher, did you know about the time when I went to soccer practice and I hurt my toe? Did you know about that? <laughs> question mark. Question mark. <laughs> I phrased it as a question. <laughs> so back to the star student, after I've had them ask the questions, and I usually do uh, four 
questions, maybe five, but four is kind of the standard. And I do a whole modeled writing uh, focus. So because the star of the week, I really use as a great writing lesson. That's my objective besides all the building community and the oral language and vocabulary that comes with it. My true objective that I write on my lesson plans is modeled and structured writing. Mm -hmm. because I want to model writing techniques for the students. So as they do the, this sentence, I will write, like he says, um, his, his name was David, I like blue. So I will make the sentence, David likes blue. Well, let's count how many words are in the sentence. David likes blue. David likes blue. Let's count it again. Okay. <laughs> it's three. Count. It's three words. <laughs> oh, shoot. Three. David likes blue. Three. So uh, then I will draw. <laughs> then I will say, okay, three words. We're going to write three words. David likes blue. David. Well, David's easy because we have his name right there. Can you spell it while I write it? D-A-V-I-D. Hey, notice I started with a capital letter because it's a name and all the rest are lowercase. Now I'm going to write likes, but I'm going to leave a space because when we write, we leave a space. And so likes, if I've introduced the sight word likes, which I usually haven't when I start star student, but after I introduce likes, then I will just ask them to use the word ball and spell it. Um, if it's a sight word, I won't ask them to spell it, to sound it out because that would be nonsensical <laughs> so I'll say likes will you spell likes l-i-k-e-s and David likes blue so we'll sound out blue blue or if we've already done the color word you blue just when we did yeah I'm like day. you don't have any sound out words in that sentence I know I really don't your example <laughs> sentence you can't sound out any of that <laughs> I know but I will try to sound it out if I have an <laughs> but I've introduced blue already because, you know, I do colors in yeah, the very beginning. So, so let's say the sentence is David likes dogs. <laughs> okay. So David likes and then we'll sound out dogs together. And I will really do an exaggerated modeling of sounding and stretching out the word dogs. And after I'm finished, I'll, I'll point and read David likes dogs. Three words point with me while I read it. David likes dogs. Now, to know I'm finished writing this sentence, I have to put a period. And so then I'll draw the period. And so then I'll go through that for the four sentences, all four sentences. I make it a very straightforward, structured, modeled writing um, activity. Because the rest of the time during my writing, I'm doing other things like um, guided writing or... You know, I have other objectives. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to get the most out of this because I only do it once a week. Mm -hmm. And so after I've written the four sentences, then I put my beautiful art to work. <laughs> <laughs> and then I will illustrate the story and I'll say, okay, now remember a story, the picture has to match the words. So let's illustrate our picture. Well, David, so I'll draw David and um, you know, I probably could draw a little better than I do for these, but I'm not going to spend all my time on my artwork. <laughs> so I draw fast. I draw stick people, and the kids love it just the same. And so um, David likes blue. Well, let's color his shirt blue. No, he David likes dogs likes... now. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh, well, you're, we adding, four you're adding other things. I see. Okay. Yeah, we wrote four sentences, so we're going to do all four. 
So we'll draw David, we'll color his shirt blue, we'll draw his dog, and let's say David likes the swimming pool, so then I'll draw a swimming pool over by him. And then I will, it's time for the students to make their page. And this time, remember in the friend of the day, we made a book for the kids to take home of their friends. Well, this time we're going to make the star student a book to take home. So I give all of the students a page and they'll take it to their table to copy the sentences. And it has a square at the top, a big square for the illustration and then a box for the sentences. And knowing and you, you have 25 to 30 Star of the Week books ready to go at the very beginning. Of course they're all ready to go. <laughs> I've already printed all the covers. <laughs> you know, with those first day uh -huh. pictures that I said I do Your a million YouTube, things with. Okay. Yeah, I've already printed the, the cover and I've already put them in the order that I've got the posters, mm -hmm. and so <laughs> they're ready. They're to all go. ready to go. You have the easiest Mondays ever. You just I open that Mondays. Star of the Week drawer and pull everything out. That's it. That's it. And I I have the Star of the Week papers at a bat in a basket on my writing center. Mm -hmm. So that's the Monday activity. And like if that basket looks like it's starting to get a little low, then I just go print a whole bunch. I always make sure that Star of the Week basket is full of copies. And so I'll give the kids their paper and move the poster in clear view of the students. And I'll say, all right, I want you to draw David's picture. And well, first they'll sign their name and then draw David's picture. And then you need to write one sentence. You know, this at the beginning of the year, I require one. And, and then I move to all four um, as the year goes on. And after you write one sentence, then you can turn in the paper and we'll make a book for David. So after the students have done that, then I can compile all the papers, staple them and hand it to David because it was ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> and after about um, like maybe two times, and I will up the requirement and I'll say, um, now you'll need to copy one sentence, but the really smart kids are going to copy two sentences. You only have to copy one, but the smart kids are going to copy two. So you know right there, that's all I had to say for 90% of the kids to copy two sentences. And so I just keep gradually doing that until um, the requirement is to copy all four. Then I take that poster and my bathroom door is just always blank and boring and so I just masking tape the star poster mm -hmm. on the door and it's there all week long for the kids to look at and that's where I put his poster for the kids to look at. So the bathroom door is kind of my star of the week um, Display. <laughs> it's your beautiful it's my star display. of the week display. Well, what else do you put on a bathroom Nothing. door, right? So hey, that's a good spot. It's the perfect spot for the star of the week. <laughs> And so that's kind of how I do the star of the week. I know that you don't do the posters I don't, in advance. I don't do it like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us how you do it. I, well, I, you know, we were having a discussion earlier today about how you have your whole year pretty much planned in advance. I have a year-long calendar. You have a year-long calendar. <laughs> you have everything planned out and mapped out. And I have a, I have a, I have a team curriculum map. I have a curriculum map with my team, but I cannot. That does, that doesn't count. <laughs> okay, fine. It doesn't count, according to you. 
It, so I have a general idea of where I and my team are going, but I have to take it one day at a time because I cannot, I can't, I have to do one day at a time. I have to get through tomorrow and then I have to get through the next day. And then once we're in like a month or two of month, when I'm in school a month, I can start to do a week at a time. But I can't, I can't block it out more than a week at a time. It's you know, too overwhelming. I think, I think that's perfectly acceptable because we all have to take our own personalities <laughs> and make it work for us. Because if I didn't have the whole year planned and mapped out, I would be stressed every if day. If I felt like I was obligated to plan the whole year right now, <laughs> I would have so much stress that I wouldn't be able to cope. So I have yeah. to keep telling myself, I'm just doing day one. I'm just doing day one. All I have to think about is day one. And after day one, I'm thinking about day two because that I can't, I, I can't, I can't exactly. do it. Like, exactly. So start. So the find week. what works for you is what we're <laughs> saying, because we're all different and we're all individuals and, and teacher has to be happy first. Yes. So star of the week, I, on Friday, We'll guess who the star of the week is going to be for the next week. And then I'll send an email home to the parents and say, congratulations, your child is star of the week. Oh, and I put it close to their birthday because I want to just combine birthday treats and star of the week treats and make it all the same thing. Mm, so, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And then the kids who have summer birthdays, I hope it makes them feel like they're still special because... Everybody else got one week, and they get a week too, just like everybody else, and they get to bring in I think in that's a good and, way to take care of summer birthdays. Yeah, So, and I don't wait till the end. I just put them in whenever there's a week when there isn't a birthday. So I think the message that we want to send is it really doesn't matter how you do the start of the week. It doesn't matter your methods, your strategies, but what really does matter is the kids. And it's just so important to build community and teach our kids how to really be kind and care for each other and have empathy for each other. And and one thing that I do right from the get-go on the first day of school is I talk to my students how we are a class family. I'm the class mom and you are my class kids. And so when we're at school... I'm your mom at school, and moms at schools are called teachers, mm -hmm. and you're my kids at school, and kids at school are called students. And I will love you just like your mom at home will love you, your real mom, because I'm your school mom, and so I'm going to love you. And we're brothers and sisters in this classroom, and so we need to learn how to care for each other and be kind and have empathy for each other. I had a kid who was a really hard kid for the other kids to get along with one year and they had a really hard time getting along with him and one time he was absent and so I sat down with him and we had a talk and and I said you know I know that he's hard to get along with sometimes and I know he doesn't always understand what's going on but in this class we are a family and we take care of each other and you all have little brothers and little sisters and sometimes your little brothers and little sisters don't understand and don't know the rules and don't know how to behave or like you do because you're the big brothers and sisters well in our class he's all he's all of your little brother and you need to treat him just like you treat your little brothers at home and you know I, 
wasn't sure if that was the right thing to say, but it felt right in the moment, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't know how it got back to the mom, but the mom wrote me an email and she said, I really love what you said about my kid being everybody's little brother. That's made such a difference for him this year. And <laughs> that made my teacher heart happy because I, you know, yeah. it's like, I hope well, that this is tell- the right thing to say. Yeah. Well, that tells you how special it was because obviously some student went home and tell told their mom who told um, told, told that, that kid's mom, <laughs> and, you know, and it just and that's what we need to do for our students. Every one of our students have a need of some sort. They have a place in their heart that needs to be filled, and we are their school moms. We really are. And We're their school moms and dads, <laughs> their school moms or dads. And, and we do love them. We really do love them. And so why not tell them? And I think that really goes a great way to building community. So I hope everyone really uh, finds what works for you to build a classroom community. Well, thanks for the idea, Sean. We really appreciate you listening and we appreciate you writing to us. And we hope we're helping you and making a difference for you and your teaching. Um, I think one of the best things we heard this summer was what you heard at the I Teach K conference. You, so we had, haven't mentioned it yet, have we? Mm-mm. You should say what a listener came up and told you because that made my day. <laughs> so in Las Vegas, we met, uh, I met. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't La- get to go. I know. In Las Vegas, I met one of our listeners, and she told me that she had inspired her, we had inspired her to get dramatic play in her classroom and her school and and move it throughout her district. So, hey, I'm so excited. I love that because dramatic play is so important to us and and our mission of keeping the kids in kindergarten and teaching appropriately that that was exciting. Yeah. So thanks for listening, everybody. And if you want to learn more about us, you can visit us at kindergartenkiosk.com. If you'd like to write to us about anything, we'd love to hear it. You can write to us at kindergartenkiosk at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators, by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?